It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Locked On Jazz for the 14th of June. The Toronto Raptors are champions. Is it replicable? The Golden State Warriors are a mash unit. Who's the favorite in the Western Conference? Does it change what the Utah Jazz should do in the offseason? And some draft thoughts. It's all coming up on today's edition of Locked on Jazz. Pow! How are you? I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA Insider. This is Locked on Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz, giving you insight, expertise, geeky information, hopefully making your offseason way better than it would be otherwise, and then making you laugh with my crazy hair on the Facebook Live edition of the show. Hope everything's going great. Uh, Look forward to getting to your questions. We'll get to those right away. Uh, Apologize for no shows Wednesdays and Thursdays. I kind of let you know that was going to happen. I was in L.A. for a bunch of business meetings, and um, it really was not a feasible uh, concept for me to get the shows open and done. And then I was going to do a live show yesterday when I got home, but I didn't get home until during the game, and so I didn't want to interrupt the game. So uh, we'll do the live show today. Today's show is going to be brought to you by Murdoch Hyundai and Homie, as well as Intercap Lending and The Store. All right, let's get right to it. Um, I think I told you who I am. What This is the daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Giving you, yeah, yeah, I did that. Uh, so Toronto's the champs. And I think there's two things about this. Uh, first, congratulations. It's kind of awesome for them. I think it's good for the game. Um, I think it shows a few things. One, it shows how incredibly hard it is to win a title. Right? So, like, for all the talk of the, uh, you know, the Warriors being a dynasty, which they certainly were, but they only won three titles in five years, which is amazing. But, you know, they were the fa- they were the favorite all the time. We expected them to win every single time. And so I, I think it's an interesting kind of reminder just of how incredibly hard it is to actually win a title um, and, and what it really takes to win a title is a lot of luck, great players, etc., but it's just so difficult. Um, the other thing that I think uh, jumps out to me is the question is, all right, the big, the big takeaway a lot of people are putting into this is that what Toronto shows you is just quitting and rebuilding isn't worth it because they were going to do that with Kyle Lowry and then didn't and then it all came together. And obviously, if you can pull off a Pascal Siakam draft pick, with a 27th pick, which we've done, it's really important. The other thing I think's interesting on the Raptors is how they use their draft pick. So once they got pretty good, I've always been a believer that what a team like the Utah Jazz should be doing at this point is using their draft picks every other year. That, um, you know, you trade for George Hill with your pick that becomes Torian Prince. Um, you probably, at least in my opinion, trade this year's pick for, like, in my mock draft, I had the opportunities to trade for Etwan Moore, for Doug McDermott, for Neiman Pialitza. I tried to go get Joe Harris. Like, that's my opinion of when you become good, 
you should use your draft picks every other season. What Toronto did, I think, is really interesting. So, in 2011, Toronto wasn't good. They drafted Jonas Valanciunas with the fifth pick, and they signed him, and they used that draft pick. Now, they parlayed that draft pick later into Marcus Gasol, but they used that draft pick. Um, in 2012, they still weren't good. They drafted eighth, and they drafted Terrence Ross. And Terrence Ross was okay, um, kind of what an eighth pick was. And they used that pick eventually to go get Serge Ibaka. So I, that's so the one thing is you're trading your draft pick to go get a player now, and then the other thing is that you're trading your you're letting your draft pick develop, and then you're going to get an established player that matches your team better. 2013, they they got rid of their draft pick. That's kind of my every other year. Mile. 2014, they missed. They took Bruno Cucbello, uh, and it didn't, it didn't work. Um, 2015, they took DeLon Wright in the 20th pick. So that's every, right? So 2012, they took Ross. 2013, they didn't pick. 2014, they missed. That happens when you're drafting 20th. 2015, they took DeLon Wright, turned out to be a nice player, and they used that to go get Marcus Gasol eventually. 2016, they took the ninth pick with Jakob Pertl, part of the Andre Bargnani deal, which was their former number one pick. And they took Pascal Siakam. They hit it out of the park on Pascal Siakam. And then Jakob Pertl, they used as part of the DeMar DeRozan deal to go get Kawhi Leonard. And then they have OG Ananobi in 2016. And I think that's when we think of the Jazz, what happened here is, so what they did is they had got established. They had Kyle Lowry. They had DeMar DeRozan. And then their third piece was probably Jonas Valanciunas at that point. And they decided that wasn't good enough, so they went to go get Serge Ibaka as their third piece using Terrence Ross. And then once Serge Ibaka was kind of their third piece, they got a better Jonas Valanciunas with Marcus Oler, and that's how they built that. And I think there is a parallel for the Utah Jazz there. We've got our two pieces, which are Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert. And ideally, we find a way to find that third piece. Our, whether it's our trade for our version of Serge Ibaka or it's someone as good as Tobias Harris or something that matches who we are as a team. And, and frankly, they evolved a little differently and Pascal Siakam hit. We'd love to have another player hit. But I think that's how we should be using our draft picks, using our roster a little bit. Um, and, you know, so is that is... In my opinion, that's you're trading this year's pick for an established player. Maybe it's maybe you can get someone as good as Serge Ibaka at the time, or maybe it's somebody who just fits. Probably none of the three guys I mentioned were as good as Serge Ibaka. That Grayson Allen then better develop, and then as time goes on, you either use Grayson Allen as an asset that you move and trade, or you, um, you know, or or you end up like having him become one of your pieces like the way Pascal Siakam did, the way O.J. Ananobi is going to be. But I think also in all likelihood like that can become your Terrence Ross or your somebody else um, that you move along the way. And that's kind of how you build moving forward. Now, I don't know that Tony Bradley can yearn you anything. And so Tony Bradley, as of right now, is our Bruno Caballo. That Oops, we didn't we didn't hit on that one quite right. Um, I You know, that was a that's a late first-round draft pick. You don't actually hit on those um, at any great level. And then Dante's a, Dante's a tough one because Dante's been so injured 
and unable to develop because of those injuries that he never that he hasn't got garnered that value yet. But I think that's where the parallel is to who the Utah Jazz are um, in the Toronto Raptors. But that's where I think it ends. The one thing I think that's just not a model in any way, shape, or form is that this unique thing about Kawhi Leonard, who was the second best player in the NBA, then took a year off and is now probably might be the best single player in the NBA at this point. That he is that he is simply that good of a player, and you just don't acquire number one or number two players in the NBA. I think I mean with Durant out for a year, pretty good argument that Kawhi Leonard's the best player in the NBA right now. And you that just doesn't happen. Okay, that just doesn't happen. By the way, I don't know if you guys get this notification who's watching, who's not, but like my one of my prom dates from high school is watching while my hair's doing this. It's moral of the story. Never just assume no one's going to watch, right? Um, anyway, uh, so I think that when you look at the Raptors, one, it's an awesome story. Two, you know, they pulled the trigger you got to pull, which is that they realized that DeMar DeRozan wasn't enough and they went and got Kawhi Leonard. But I don't know how often you can go get that singular player um, in Kawhi Leonard, who's really a number one or number two pick. All right, who is the favorite in the Western Conference, and how does that change what the Utah Jazz do, plus your questions all coming up. Today's show is brought to you by Murdoch Hyundai, 4646 South State Street. Murdoch Hyundai's got great things going on right now. 0% APR financing taking place right now at Murdoch Hyundai. Pretty exciting. Uh Considering for 72 months, you can go to 0% uh, at Murdoch Hyundai. I'm driving the Hyundai right now. I think you guys um, know that. The Santa Fe, I just am absolutely loving every step of uh, driving it. it. The safety features just kind of blow me away. The technological advancement, it drives smooth. Um, there's the Tucson. The little Kona is absolutely um, terrific. And zippy and fun. They got the Sonata and the Elantra uh, as well. But maybe most importantly right now is that chance for you. 0% financing taking place uh, over the next two months. Other things, Elantra 2019 is now 13990 And that Tucson I mentioned is 19990 0%. It's 60 months on the 2019 Tucson, Santa Fe, and Kona SUV. 0%. APR and Father's Day special going on. You receive a new Camp Chef pellet smoker grill with every new purchase. That's all at 4646 South State Street in Murray, also up in Logan, as well as in Linden. The the real estate market has been revolutionized by a Utah company. It's taking place down in Phoenix. It's happening here. It's really pretty incredible. It's homey. And homey is started by a bunch of BYU graduates who changed the uh, – they had a company called Entrada that they used for all of the um, payments for apartment complexes and things like that, and they changed the way that business – so then they looked for, well, what's the next one? And the first thing they looked at was 6% zero, 6% on all houses and asked themselves, Why? Why are we, is everybody giving 6% up all the time? And said, we're not doing that anymore. So now here's how it works. You list your house with homie, it's $1,500. It doesn't matter if it's a million dollar, $2 million, dollars $1,500 to list your house. And then their team goes to work for you. And they're selling houses faster than the market value. And they're selling houses at above the market price. It's homie, $1,500, and the rest of that equity, you save it. It's a pretty amazing deal. So text homie, 
Text LOCK to 88588. That's LOCK, L-O-C-K-E, to 88588. And find out more from my friends at Homie on how they're revolutionizing the real estate market and making it better for you. Clay Thompson ACL, Kevin Durant, a torn Achilles tendon. Both are basically done for the year. Both are unrestricted free agents. I don't know what the Warriors do. The Achilles tendon, I just might not sign. And Clay Thompson, I might. I just, I, 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 this is not a moral business. I don't know what they're supposed to do. I really, really don't have any idea what the right thing for them to do at this point is. But I do know this. They're not the favorite in the Western Conference. In fact, I think they're going to have a hard time making the playoffs, which is kind of a scary thought that they then end up with a draft pick. Uh, and so who is the favorite in the Western Conference? Is it Denver? Is it Utah? Is it Portland? Is it Houston again? After saying they're willing to trade everyone and having everything that's going on there? Probably Houston is the right call. But the Jazz have a legitimate chance to be the favorite in the Western Conference. And if you can somehow go sign my guy, Tobias Harris in my dream, you are the favorite in the Western Conference. If you had Kemba Walker, you're probably the favorite in the Western Conference. It's kind of a crazy turn of events. Now, Anthony Davis goes to the Lakers. Jimmy Butler goes to the Lakers. They got LeBron. They're the favorite in the Western Conference. Kawhi Leonard, Kemba Walker go to the Clippers. They might be the favorite in the Western Conference. But as you sit here right now, the Denver Nuggets, the Portland Trailblazers, the Utah Jazz, the Houston Rockets, I'm sure I'm forgetting somebody, have a legitimate, legitimate discussion of whether or not they could become the favorite in the Western Conference with a bold move. I mean, the timing, and there's a real chance, by the way, this is cruel, but there's a real chance. It's not like it's a one-year window. I mean, I don't know how we possibly get Tobias Harris. But if I'm the Utah Jazz and I'm sitting here with my roster with a 23-year-old Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert at 25, and I can go get a 26-year-old Tobias Harris, and I'm calling that my core, now I'm doing all the stuff I talked about before, those draft picks, and I'm moving. I mean, that excites me. Unfortunately, on the backside of injuries, and I got to tell you, I am just sick to my stomach that I'm never getting to see Kevin Durant be Kevin Durant ever again. I mean, let's be honest. Like, he's just not coming back. Like, guys don't come back from that. It's just, it, I'm sick to my stomach that I don't get to see Kevin Durant be Kevin Durant. He's the, was the best player in the game. He's one of the five greatest offensive players to ever play the game. And we're not going to get to see it again. It's such a bummer. It's a total heartbreaking bummer. Clay will probably be all right, but probably not for two years. Like the Warrior, like, and you have to wonder a little bit. Like, is this where suddenly, where Steph says, "You know what? I'm done. Like, I'm going to Charlotte, and I'm built going to go back to my home and build a championship team, and I'm going to end up, you know, feel having my my last statement of how great I am." Now, Steph is signed for. 
till 2021-22 at $45 million a year. So maybe he's not saying any of that. But I, I, don't, and, and I don't know what the Warriors are at this point. Draymond's a free agent at the end of next year. Do they trade him? Do you trade Draymond? I don't know. I mean, incredible. We've never unprecedented that the best team in the NBA has two players that are going to be out for an entire year. That the team that just won the championship is, for all purposes, going to lose their best player in free agency. I mean, it's absolutely insane. We've never had this. And the Jazz... I think, have a chance to profit amazingly on it. But what's the player that moves the meter? There just aren't that many. And now how does the free agency change? I don't think anyone ever thought Clay was leaving, but Durant not being out there is a big game changer. All right, let's run to some of your thoughts. Um, good morning, Roger. Hello to Joshua. Hi, Vaughn. Any thoughts on health, science, and players of the future? Seems like there's space to innovate there. I mean, there is. I do think, I mean, maybe there's something to players have just gotten so strong, they're more susceptible. Maybe it's just that these injuries have happened to happen in front of us. Like, I, I, were there more Achilles tendon injuries this year in the NBA than before? I don't think so. Um, unless I'm forgetting, I think there was one. It was Kevin Durant. Uh, were there more ACLs this year? I don't think so. We're certainly, if you watch basketball today compared to watching it in the past, we're asking way more out of players on the defensive end and player movement that we ever asked for before. Um, so I think there's something to that. Hello, Jason Dayton. Hey, David, does Jonas Valanciunas opting out help the Jazz chances in the Grizzly-Conley trade? Maybe Memphis now will want favors. That, Dayton, is a good point. Uh, would they rather have Jonas Valanciunas signed on a four-year... If Jonas Valanciunas opted out of, what, 17, 18 million... Um, then I think you're going to end up with uh, he's probably wanting a four-year $15 million deal or something like that, or you'd rather have Derek Favors for one. So, very, Dayton, good pickup. Had, I had not done the two. I had lis- I listened to Mark King on Lockdown Grizzlies yesterday. I had not put the thought of the two of them together. I do think so. I mean, Conley at $31 million is a real question for the Jets, but I think the timing on it is such you can go find out whether everything else is there, and it might be your third best choice. And with Mike Conley, are the Utah Jazz the favorites in the Western Conference? They might be. Tyler Tuckett. How do the injuries to Durant and Thompson and the success of Leonard's load management affect the NBA moving forward? I think the injury to Durant, coupled with the load management. You know, Thompson's just an awkward landing. Um, absolutely 100%. Um, changes uh, load the, the Kawhi Leonard coupled with the Kevin Durant injury cu- changes load management. I, I just teams are going to absolutely play their stars 70 games a year. And it, I think it also might be the breaking point that gets the league to shorten the schedule. But the problem with shortening the schedule to me is then everybody just plays 60 games a year. It's it's the equation to me is that Playing the player a game that matters one, let's see, 80 games. So if you, you know, it would it's about 1.4% of your games isn't worth the load management. And the number by which you suddenly get down to 
in which you feel like you actually the game is so important you have to play every game I think is too high it's too few a number of games for this to actually ever work where there isn't some load management uh, the finals are going to show that the jazz management need to build the team every year to compete we can't uh, sit down and build for two years down the road. Um, okay, and are th- I don't know where you... So that's a nice proclamation, Ryan. I don't understand. I, do you think the Jazz are not building it to compete right now? Do you think that they have been building it for two years down the road? Um, so that, to me, is a, a strange question. or a sta- I don't know what you th- which you think the Jazz are doing. I mean, so the Jazz were probably the third best team in the Western Conference each of the last two years. Is that not building it to compete? Is that the implication? Or just that you can't someday down the road do it? Ajali, thank you. Hope you're well. Nice to see you. Hope, hello. Yes, I need a haircut is probably what you're thinking. Um, oh, Gustavo is getting married this weekend. Congratulations. David Nelson, Conley or Russell? Uh, Russell is a hard one for me. I've talked about this a lot. Analytically, he, he, he's a highlight real clutch player, not an analytics guy. I like to believe in, I like the analytics. I like looking at analytics. Russell's a player I loved out of Ohio state. I loved his vision, his passing. I thought he was an elite level. I thought he could be really fabulous. Um, his game as it has evolved right now has a uniqueness to it. But it's a uniqueness to it that is analytically difficult. It's a high-level mid-range jumpers. It's a low amount of free throws. It's a low amount of shots at the rim. I think it's a very hard way to succeed. It's a low points gain player. It's a negative points gain player. Um, so he, I, I mean, if you've been listening to the show, I've been talking about him all year because I, I called at the beginning of the year that I thought he would do a jump. I did a deep dive analytics on him for a show or two. Um, and I, I really... Th- I, I, I kind of knew he was ready for a jump. Whether I'm willing to invest enough money as a restricted free agent that Brooklyn is going to let him go, I guess if they get Kyrie, they're going to let him go, is a hard one for me. Um, but it's a, it's a talent upgrade to where we are, and maybe he becomes more efficient over time um, as he continues to, to get older. Today's show is brought to you by Intercap Lending. Steve Carter over at Intercap does incredible work. Um, Steve did my mortgage a long time ago. I met with Intercap. This was a, was a while back. Um, kind of Brock reached out to me and said, hey, I want you to come and see what we're doing. And so I came out and did um, exactly that. And Josh Romney was there. He, he brought the company to Utah. At the time, they, they had moved out here. They were 40, they, their, their company had 40 years of background to who they were, um, but they had just come to Utah. Well, since then, from two branches to 11, they're now in Twilla, two in Utah County and Ogden, the Palace and Cottonwood. And the reason is because of the relationships they have with real estate agents because they get deals done. Why do agents use lenders? Because agents don't get paid until deals are done. And why do you want to use a refinance with them? Because my experience with Steve Carter was unreal. He got the deal done. His understanding, perseverance, knowing how what a waste case I am, uh, was able to get it done. Plus, they have a great app that allowed me to streamline the process, know exactly where I was and what I had to do, take pictures of documents instead of always delivering. And then the one day, he, Steve actually drove to the practice facility, met me with a bunch of stuff, got things done there for me. It's that kind of extra effort that gets deals done, and that's why Intercap is growing as fast as they are. Plus, they're a direct lender, so they can get you difficult loans done, whether it's low credit, self-employment, 
business assets, multiple properties. It's easy to get done. Call Steve Carter, 385-800-8528. Be sure to tell him Locked on Jazz sent you because you get the corporate discount. That's 385-800-8528. Ask for Steve Carter. Intercap Lending, NMLS number 190465. For more information, visit intercaplending.com. And today's show is also brought to you by the store, 6200 South and 20th East, home of the great Mudslide Cookie. I got the best email the other day. Let's see if I can find this. This was epic. I loved it. Um, no message. Holy Mudslide Cookie, Batman, from James McMurray and just a picture of his mudslide cookie. No message inside, just holy mudslide cookie, Batman. They're at 6200 South and 20th East. They're the best cookie in town. And when you go to the store, you'll immediately get the feel of this wonderful, wonderful place that has a great community taste to it, community feel to what's taking place, and the... And the um, and the fact that you, you have the high school kids helping the older folks out. And you have all the local companies along the way. You have the cake to floors. You have the chip company. You have the local kombucha. You have the meats that they taste tested and changed their entire meat section after doing a taste test because they realized there was something better out there. It's that kind of level of detail that Jeff and Scott and Amy all put in the store. And you'll feel it when you're there. 6200 South and 20th East. It's the store. All right. Let's go. More questions. With Anthony Davis trying to force himself out of a small market with a good basketball situation. Uh, Jonathan, I think you just fell apart with your argument. That has been a bad basketball situation for a long time. Is player empowerment era something NBA owners will want to address in the next CBA? So there's a guy named Kareem Abdul-Jabbar who was in Milwaukee who forced himself out of Milwaukee to get to L.A., right? So player empowerment era, to me... We're going back to 1975 when Kareem asked out of Milwaukee to get to L.A. I just, I mean, they're free agents. They have the right to go wherever they want. The only way you're going to control it is you take away their free agency. That's never going to happen. So I'm not sure that I know what that mechanism would ever be by which you um, uh, would ever create something where the players don't have right. Now, I think the players have learned that they have more and more power. And more and more of them are willing to do it. Um, and uh, I think it's really um, an interesting uh, moment for play the ownership. But I don't think it, it's player empowerment. I think it's ownership has to um, – ownership has to treat the players right, and then they want to stay. And in the case of Anthony Davis, things did not go uh, as well as they should have. Um Tyler, good morning. I'm curious why Brogdon doesn't fit your rightful order of the basketball universe for the Jazz. He's a very good shooter who could spread the floor with three to four uh, more shots. Couldn't he be a 20-point per game scorer? I don't know that I think he can create that many more shots. I like Malcolm Brogdon an awful lot. I don't see him as an elite athlete. I could be, you know, I see him as a very efficient player, very effective player. I don't think he's a 50, 40, 90 for his career that he was this um, right now. Um, so I think that that's, um, I think that's maybe part of it. Um, I don't see, he's actually got a good isolation kind of back down game, but not an isolation, go create your own shot game. Um, 
I might be undervaluing him, but I mean, 28% of his offense is off spot up and 22% of his offense is on transition. He's an average pick and roll ball handler guy. I mean, he's a nice player, but I think he's another nice player. Like, I'm not sure I don't. Is Malcolm Brogdon better than Bojan Bonjanovic? I don't think so. I think I might like Bojan Bonjanovic better. I'd have to look into that. Um, I mean, the real question is whether Malcolm Brogdon's a 50, 40, 90 everywhere, right? I mean, he just did that last year. Team that played a lot in transition off Giannis having MVP year. Uh, but I, I'm, I don't. And I think Bojan Banjanovic is really good. I think we get a lot better if we add Bojan Banjanovic, but I don't know if it sets the right floor to the basketball universe. So that's that those two guys are the number two scorer on your team. And they're equal to the best number two scorers in the league. I mean, Kyle Lowry's pretty damn good. Obviously, it's Steph Curry and Klay Thompson. Um, Houston's number two scorer is pro- kind of a weird situation, but it's Chris Paul. Denver's number two scorer is Jamal Murray. Or Gary, I love Gary Harris, so I think he'll be get healthier next year. Portland's number two scorer is C.J. McCollum. Um, San Antonio's number two scorer is DeMar DeRozan. Milwaukee's number two scorer is Chris Middleton. Malcolm Brogdon was probably their fourth behind Brooke Lopez. Um, Bojan Bajanovic had to be the number two scorer against Victor Oladipo or maybe Thaddeus Young and then became the number one when Oladipo went out. I don't know. Paul George is Oklahoma City's number two scorer. Can't wait till people start talking about Oklahoma City as the favorite in the West. Uh, I have no idea what KD does contract-wise. Um, and I don't know what I would do if I was the other team. I, I don't think I'd offer KD a contract. I think the $30 million contract where you don't get the player for the first year and then you're not really certain you're getting him for the second year either and you're not really certain that coming back from the third year, at least with Clay on the ACL, I think you know you're getting a pretty good player the second year and he's back to himself the third year. Um, if Golden State decides against offering Clay the max given the Jazz current situation, if you're the Jazz, do you offer the max knowing he's out most if not all of next year? He's out all of next year. I I can't, I can't imagine. These guys, it's it's too late, by the way. It's like, I mean, so you're nine months off an ACL. You come back in March. No one's coming back in March. So I think he's out for the year. They're, they're both out for the year. Um, I can't imagine the Jazz would do that. It's, I mean, it's an interesting thought exercise, and they probably should have the thought exercise. You'd have to be so certain that they're coming back on the backside and that whatever we're doing next year is... We're good enough to do it. But there's a window right now. There's a really significant window where you could go win the West next year and be the favorite. Now, I don't know what the Lakers and Clippers are going to do building their team, but there's a window. Will the Warriors win another title before Steph retires? I would say no. But if you ask me if any team's going to win a title, I'm probably going to say no. Do I expect the Jazz to keep the 23rd pick? Uh, I kind of tried to outline what I thought about the pick. I would say no. I think the 23rd pick has more value to other teams more than the Jazz. Now, what are the Jazz? The tricky thing is for the Jazz contract situation, and this is what I ran into in the mock trade, is I end up trading Jay Crowder. Not because I don't like Jay Crowder, because I really, I really, really like Jay Crowder. Um, but his contract expires at the end of the year. I was trying to get a player who might have an extra year or two, and I wanted more shooting, and I didn't want to just take in cap space. 
And so I want, because I wanted to be flexible on July 1st to be able to maybe go and acquire a player like Tobias Harris or something if I wanted to. And so I, the players I looked at, Etwan Moore had next year on his contract at 8.6, Doug McDermott and Bielitsa had a non-guaranteed um, in his third year. And you can find out what I did on the tr- draft on the 21st when, or on Monday when it airs. Um, and so I had a chance to do any of those deals and, and I was trading Jay Crowder because I was trying to get out from under money because I didn't want to add money. So that's what's difficult in the process. And in my dream world, I'm changing, trading Jay Crowder because I'm signing Tobias Harris. And then I don't want – Jay Crowder's probably not going to want to sit on the – only play 16 minutes a night while I'm playing 32 or 34 minutes a night of Tobias Harris. So that was that was my logic, but I don't have to ever have a win-loss record on any of it. Um, can favors become what we need? Favors is favors. He's not going to change at all. He's just not, you're just not because he's not going to, because players at this stage of their career don't change. Um, so I don't know what you want out of favors, but if you want exactly what you're getting right now, which is pretty damn good, then that's great. If you want a three-point shooter or uh, something else, then that's not great. Uh, can Royce O'Neal be what we need? Uh, again, uh, Gustavo, I think Royce O'Neal could be a good fifth starter. Um, on an NBA team that doesn't need a lot of possessions, that is available, runs the floor great, hits some open shots, um, and allows the primary guys to do their stuff. How does our team look after draft night? Might not look any different after draft night because most of the deals have to be done after July 1st. How's that for a cop-out? Do you think the Jazz will be focused on finding a point guard, or do you think that Donovan Mitchell has showed enough to look at a combo guard? I, I think there's a point in this process where Mike Conley's a better point guard than Donovan. Kemba's a better point guard than Donovan. Um, if you like D'Angelo Russell, he's probably a better point guard than Donovan. And then from that, and so Donovan plays the two. And then you have to look at, okay, well, now we're into our next tier, whereas now you're looking at at point, now you're looking at a question of what's better, Ricky and Donovan, Darren Collison and Donovan, Donovan and... Um, Terrence Ross, is that better? So now you're going Donovan, Donovan and Jeremy Lamb. Is that better than Donovan and Ricky? Like what, you just have to kind of, it's whatever makes you better. It's not that you're looking for a one or a two. It's that you're you're finding a player that fits in your backcourt um, that makes you a better player. Like, you know, like I looked at Etuan Moore because I really like him. 30-year-old shooting guard who can really stroke it. Um who's not, who's big, can handle well enough so that if Donovan's playing the point guard, he could relieve some of the burden. Um, you know, he's not an elite-level athlete. He's a career 39% three-point shooter. He can start, he can play, just do a lot of things. That I mean, that's one of the reasons I looked at him. I like him a lot. Do you think the Jazz are, oh, uh, I think Dennis Lindsay is amazing, a GM. What do you think about Justin Zanuck? I'm a little worried about the unknown. Well, that's a personality trait, Sam, that you're just worried about the unknown because there's nothing in Justin Zanuck's bio at this point that should give you any feeling of yes or no. Um, so I'm going to be honest. I'm going to go deep Dr. Phil on you, Sam. That has to do with you and your personality. Nothing to do with Justin. Just a worry of the unknown. You're just kind of the scaredy squirrel if you read children's books. And that's fine, Sam. Uh, Darren Collison, question mark. I mean, he shoots the three well, but he only shoots it when he's wide open. Um, but he's a nice player. He could be, be a good addition to our team. Like, I think he's your backup, and Donovan's probably starting at that point. 
Any idea what package the Grizzlies are looking for to trade Conley? I mean, I think they're looking for the seventh pick from Phoenix, and I don't know if they're going to get it. So uh, I think they're working from there. Uh, that is Locked on Jazz today. Hope you enjoyed it. Thank you very much. Um, I will be back with you Monday and Tuesday. And then I think I'm out. I might try to sneak in a Wednesday morning show before I fly. And then I'm hoping that we have a great Thursday while I'm overseas. Hope you have a great one. This is Locked On Jazz. The Locked On NBA mock draft is underway. Go grab it. Hi, guys. This is Josh Lloyd, host of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball podcast. The NBA is back. So that means that fantasy basketball is back in one form or another. We've got daily fantasy, but there's also some fantasy leagues with the resumption of play with these eight regular season games in Orlando. And Locked On Fantasy Basketball is going to have you covered. It's not just for fantasy basketball, though, because we recap all of the games across the NBA. So if you're looking for a broad overview of the action across the league every day, Locked On Fantasy Basketball is the podcast for you.